Oh, stop it. This is Talking Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new edition of the Talk Can Audio Podcast. Welcome inside the TCA studio. Welcome inside another edition of the Versage Sessions. We haven't called it that, basically, since he left for Europe. But Lee Versage is here today, man. We're picking you up in in Portugal. It sounds like there is a hurricane happening outside. Um, you are in what sounds like maybe a... I don't, I don't know, like a bowling alley, perhaps, with the echo coming off you earlier on when we were chatting. What's happening in uh, in Portugal right now, man? Well, I might sound like I'm in a bowling alley, but man, do I sound good. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sitting in a, a second floor common area of a hotel. I'm sure I'm going to wake everybody up or... Um, it's not that late. It's like eight o'clock. I just sent you a picture of what I would call a super, super Bach. Oh, it's like the big bottle of the super Bach. So I the got mega Bach, the ultra Bach, the, the ultra, no, nah, but then the ultra box, like 0%. Over oh, right, here. right, right. Like, yeah, this is the I mega Bach. The mega yeah, Bach explodes. Any. I don't need any of that. So I got my, what I call my super squared Bach. Okay. I guess. Super, super box. Well, and if I could interject like, here for a second, because I know you're about to take off, and that's what we want you to do, but we are recording this one far enough mm. into the afternoon that I'm going to have a yes. pint too while we chat this time. <laughs> this is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. We we did a 7 a.m. show. We did a 10 a.m. show. Even the last one was only like 11 a.m. Like, they're not ridiculously early in terms of when to record, but they're still a little early in terms of having a beer. Uh, this one we're mm. doing mid-afternoon. So I have reached into the fridge for a couple of days. I've had a hankering for a good stout because it is stout season and stout season is flying by. It doesn't feel like winter is flying by, but it does feel like, oh man, I better get some of these stouts under my hat here pretty quick because I don't know how much longer they're going to be available. This is from Brew Revolution, uh, who... Stitzville. Yeah. Yeah. And I I always, I like their stuff, man. Their theme, right? Like it's always kind of music themed. They got a Mm -hmm. cool vibe going on. So this is their uh, Irish stout. I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Coming in at about 5.5%, uh, which is just nice for right cruising through an afternoon, chatting with you, my man. And I'm going to hand it back to you here because I, I teed up where you were at, what you're doing, where you're coming from, and then I immediately cut you off to talk about my beer. So take it, take no, it away, man. You, you don't get to drink beer when you've done these shows with me because I'm asking you to do them so early. Oh, listen to that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get that. A lot of stuff here is in bottle. Right. Um, but, but I just sent you a picture to make sure. Um, I'm pretty sure I bought a beer from The Simpsons. Oh, nice. Um, and a Butterfinger Ale? I, I've never. Well, no. <laughs> like, it's Duff Beer. Sweet. Duff Beer for me. Duff Beer right. for and, you. And it's like, I, it I'll was just in the. Duff. You'll have it was just in the the Irish notes working the um, Irish part of your voice there too <laughs> was fantastic. Um, this Duff beer was just in the grocery store like any other beer, and I'm not a Simpsons person. And for those that would Boo. know me, they're like, "Yeah, I know, I know." It's just the one one of the shows I never got into, never found out why it was so funny. Blah 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 blah. Um, but I um. 
I, I'm like, I think that's a Simpsons beer. And it's just like in with like, oh, there's Superbach and Sagres and oh, Duff beer. Duff. Like, what? <laughs> what? Why is this here? And I have to buy it, right? Of course. Like even, yeah, I have to. Because everyone else, even, also, even everyone else is going to enjoy it, even if you don't care, right? Like it, this yeah, is a cool right. reference to find in, I don't know, whatever, southwestern Portugal or wherever you are. I don't know where I am either. Um, <laughs> the other part of, I found this. It was too, imagine this, it was too expensive. Um, it had four beers and a bottle opener and it was nine ninety nine. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just, like when the super, super, super box are like a dollar, I, I can't do Yeah, that you've been buying four. bottles of wine for a buck 89 here for yeah, a month. I'm not paying nine bucks for. I can't pay 10 bucks for four <laughs> beers, but, but it's in this like pack and I just sent it to you. And it's like in a, a cardboard pack, it's a Christmas pack. And it says ice, ice with the speaker. It's like it's ice, ice, baby. Right. And there's four, and there's four beers in there. It's from a, a brewery called Musa, M-U-S-A. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty cool because just the names and the, the whole thing, it looked like I was picking up a ghetto blaster and putting it on my shoulder. And <laughs> Similar I got to Brew Revolution here. Yeah. yeah. Then that's where I was going with okay, this. Yeah. And then, so I just sent it to you. And they, there's four beers. They had one... Um, it was a U.S. IPA, and it was called Born in the IPA. That's kind of fun. And then they had Frank Appa <laughs> with, with an, an APA. Yeah, okay. Which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They have um, Twist and Stout, which Let's you're see, drinking. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like these guys. But, yeah, like, uh, okay. And then I wondered why I didn't buy it. But then I'm like, I'm not an IPA guy, and I really don't like APAs. And I'm... I don't mind stouts, and there's a Blondale here too, where I can't quite kind of figure out what name is funny about it. They also had one called, um, uh, not in this pack, but I saw it from the from the place. It was called um, oh, Sessions O'Connor or something. It was a, basically a play on Sinead O'Connor. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm about, like, hey, like, this like is Cezanne kind of- O'Connor. Yeah, that's exactly Con- what that was. No, it was it, it, yeah. it was Cezanne O'Connor, and thank you for that. Yeah. Even though you weren't here and I was, it's nice <laughs> that you're able to uh, to figure that out. But um, so I, I've sent you, which I know you've been very good putting up some pictures. I've sent you a picture of my super super buck that I'm drinking right now. Yeah, I sent you a picture of the Duff beer. I sent you a picture of the kind of ghetto blaster ice ice Xmas. With the with the cute names, and then I sent you two pictures, and just make sure that you put them in order of the one that looks like uh, Stone Hill, like you're in Ireland, um, is the before picture, and then the beach is the after picture. Okay, uh, um, man, giving me the, instructions the, for our Instagram over over correct. oceans, Lever. Yeah, nothing compares to you. As we circle back to uh, yeah, but here's Cezanne the thing. If you can come name, on, on. if you can name one other Sinead O'Connor song, then and that one's go, not even like, hers. <laughs> yeah, no. And this is what I always said too when people are like, "Oh, the OG UB40 Red Red Wine." I'm like, do you know, Red Red Wine was like a like 50s song. UB40 didn't make that song. And like all the, the kids now, anyway, I'm I was just going back and forth Instagram. on Twitter this week. Dave Bedini, right at hockey esque on, on Twitter. And, um, mm-hmm. he shared, and I forget the name of the band now, uh, but it's an old like seventies punk tune called another girl, another planet. 
And I was like, right. I know that song, but I knew it by Blink-182 <laughs> from like 2007, like even kind of after their heyday. And I was like, yeah. I am only finding out right now that that was not a oh, Blink original. <laughs> okay, here, here's your music lesson. 98% of all music made past 2000 <laughs> is a re- remix, redone yeah. sample of something that happened before them. Yeah. Okay. And I really liked the so, original. And I, I can't remember the name of the band. We'll put it in the show notes or whatever. But uh, if, if you go into a song, I guarantee you there's a sample from something else previously. Like, well, we've been talking, so man. Many. We've been talking about all week back here at the Grammys. Um, mm-hmm. we did, uh, we saw, is his name Luke Combs, I think is the country artist. Luke Combs? Yeah, yeah he did the cover of, yeah, Fast yeah. Car with Tracy Chapman. And there was legitimately, man, like, and I, I, I'm not trying to paint an entire political party as stupid, but, no, do but, it. but do there it. is a do sizable it. portion who fit, that, and they're Luke replying saying, look, song. look, the, They've had to, you know, the woke left has to bring out this lesbian or this, you know, black lesbian woman to sing with on Luke Combs' song. You're like, are you serious? Do you seriously not understand what's happening right now? He did her song. and Yeah, no. And first of all, I'm glad you brought this up. First of all, Tracy Chapman is one of the greatest singer-songwriters ever. Well, if I can throw Nailed. this back in your face, name another song that she wrote. Oh, talking about a revolution? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> there is so much stuff from Tracy it's just Chapman It's a that, classic song. It's but to, but uh, Fast Car, yeah. specifically yeah. to your point, has probably been redone a gazillion yeah. times. I have a cover like, in my music that's by uh, Passenger, and I yes, think it's a great cover. I have that. Yeah, it's a I really good that, cover. That and well. look, I don't yeah. love the Luke Combs cover, but like, I have time for, I like covers, right? I, I like when people do this. I don't like his as much as I like the original or you as much I, as Passenger. You but, and I are going to do it. You and I are going to do a top 10 best covers of all time. I love covers yeah. when they're done properly. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's a lot of covers that are not done well. Well, so what do you prefer? Because Rob and I actually, and it's it's been pl- long since time like we can do this again but back in like 2018 maybe rob and i did this exact same show we each brought our top 10 covers and so you oh, and i no, are gonna- hold on you guys did it almost six years ago man yeah everyone yeah. will be hanging on to their right they're every no we yeah. we can we can do it again for <laughs> sure but my point was we debated at the time what do you prefer do you want someone trying to do an exact rendition of the original, yeah. or do you want them putting their own spin, their own take? Yeah, there's on only the song. one. There's only one answer to this question, by the way, yeah. and it's your own spin, right? Because all you have to do is go and listen to Weezer's album, and I think Weezer. I've loved Weezer since Africa, the Blue album in the mid '90s. Yeah. I loved that album. Yeah, when I was a teenager, yeah, it was like my album. Okay, and I love Weezer. So, so I'm with you, Weezer. Go ahead. So, no, Go but ahead. just to the, to the point, Weezer did that. Um, the, their latest or one of their latest albums was all covers, yep. right? Yeah. I think it was called the the Teal album. I want to say. Um, I'll take your word for the, the name Teal. of the album. I can't remember. It was Teal. And sorry, I'm in a common area right now. But my favorite couple 
has come by here because I met them previously when they were having, they're going out for another smoke in the hurricane, which is great. Uh, I'm just doing a, a live podcast, so now you're going to be famous. Okay, so okay. yeah, I, I forget what are your names? Cole. Cole. Yes. And Joanna. and sorry. Joanna. Joanna. From are you where are you from? Portugal. You're from Portugal. Portugal. Your vacation in here in a hurricane, like two hours. It's just okay. Okay. I'm from Canada. So, yeah, my name is Lee. Nice. It's nice to meet you. And you have a vacation here? Yes. Oh, my God. Portugal's the best. Literally, literally, I'm I'm not leaving. leaving. Well, I have to leave. They're going to force me. You will not be the first. (laughs) My, uh, my podcast partner is very much enjoying this back and forth. Yeah, with, with this is fun. Because this is live. Yeah. We're doing it live. Well, well yeah. No, no, no. You're not. If you were disturbing me, I wouldn't have talked to you. <laughs> that's not your fault. That's always my fault. But it's it's nice They're about to, to be uh, Ottawa, Canada famous. You are Ottawa. You're going to be Ottawa, Canada famous. Okay. So do you know where Ottawa is? No. Um, Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Okay, two hours from Montreal, four hours from Toronto. Have you heard of Toronto or Montreal? You've heard of yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ottawa is two hours from Montreal. But this is a, this is a podcast on sports and beer. So I have to have a, it's why I have a. This is the best one. You think the Superbox? As opposed to Sagres, you don't like Sagres. No. Joanna and Cole, you guys are the best, and you're going to be Ottawa, Canada famous. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. Nice podcast. Well, it, it is a nice podcast. So Matt, yes. I, that was a very um, great interruption. You'll have to edit some of that, obviously. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take some of it down, but that was kind of fun. We uh, we got to talk to a couple of the locals and. And learn exactly. about, uh, it sounded like they were sending you to enjoy some cheese, find up Portugal's... North, they, uh, want, yeah, they want me to go up north and... Um, to a Portuguese just... cheesery, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think they're called cheeseries, but... Oh, they are here. Yeah. I'm going to make it a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're the only, when we came in and we started looking around the hotel... They were out for a smoke, and they're the only people I've seen in the hotel. Okay. And then they walked by me again so that as I'm doing this, as they're going up for another smoke. So I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" So I apologize for the uh, no, it's good. But um, I think I don't even know. I, I, I think we were talking were. about fast car. <laughs> oh yes, and the covers and the fact. That oh, the covers. Fast yes. car is one of the most. So, so we were talking about actually true to the original or putting your own spin on it. And I'll be honest with you, Lever, I, I, I have time for people who want to do take their best shot at like doing the exact same thing. Okay, I, so I'm, I'm okay with that. To right? Teal album. I have not listened to the whole album. I've heard them do Africa, right? Like I've heard the that was the yeah. the big one. I think that started the whole thing. Yeah, but which, but which, I also way, I prefer so the ones identical. Yeah, exactly. Like, that one was so identical yeah. to the original. They did such a good job. I wasn't interested. Yeah, see, I'm good with both. I prefer, especially if you're from a different genre. Like, uh, there's a band I like, a Swedish pop punk band called Millen Colin. 
and they do a a fantastic version of Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. And I yeah. guarantee you, there are punk kids out there who think that's a Millen Collin original, right? That is not right. some Tennessee <laughs> country music stars. And so I have time for both stories. I, if you want to take a run at it and see if you can put your best spin on what they did, that's kind of cool. And if you want to completely, it's still got to be recognizable. And But if you want to like switch the genre, put your own take, I, I got time for both, man, honestly. And but what I love Luke is Luke Combs is kind of soulless, though. Yeah, I, I agree. But yeah. when the original artists redo their own songs in such a different way, yeah, I think that's really cool too. Yep. So, um, and, and there's many, um, many things. I this is actually a, an entire podcast for me, and it will be. We'll we'll do I, that I when have, you're back in the country. I have so many thoughts on so many different songs. <laughs> it's it, it it's it's crazy. So. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about this. I know there's more that that you wanted yeah. to talk about. Well, the big and, news here, uh, as you and I sit and record. Don't, don't mm-hmm. say Taylor Swift. Don't say Taylor Swift. Don't say Taylor Swift. I wasn't going to say Taylor Swift yet. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. good. Uh, you know, especially we're going we're gonna to let Dolly Parton have her moment here as being mentioned on the Tall Can Audio <laughs> podcast. We don't need to trample another... Uh, Another star <laughs> over top of her there. Look, the big news here, I know you've seen it as we sit here on uh, on yeah. Thursday afternoon and record this, is Bell Media making another fairly savage cut to their workforce. Uh, 4,800 employees impacted. Not all of them let go, but it is uh, 45 radio stations that they are selling off or closing um, completely across the country. And... There are parts of it when you first looked and went, well, if they're being sold instead of closed, maybe these things will be better off in local ownership, right? And and more connected to the communities. But they're really, they're being sold, you know, to the BC stations are all being sold to Vista Media. The, the ones out east are all being sold to Maritime. There's a couple independent sales, but they're still going to be in these chains for the sake of the employees. Good news. They still have their jobs, but they're ending up going from one corporate umbrella to another. And look, I don't know what you want to get into here, but as someone who went through this less than a year ago, yeah, you have a unique take on what this day is like for these people. Like I said, not all of them have lost their jobs, but they have, they're all enduring some degree of uncertainty um, once they land under these new ownerships, assuming those get... Uh, you know, approved by the CRTC, which it's expected they will. This is a tough day for a lot of people, man. And and you've been through it recently. Um, you know, when you saw yeah. this was coming and this was, uh, that's a different question I'll ask you in a minute. But, you know, when you see this, what comes back to your mind, man? Like, how, how do you see this and, and process this? Well, it's a couple of things. Um, number one, it's, you know, just a sadness for where, the um i guess where journalism is going and where we're headed to um it just doesn't feel like we're headed into a place where people can can have their own thoughts and be able to uncover um 
you know, bad things that are happening. The, the one of the big roles of the media is to hold people accountable to what they're doing, so that the there is a balance there with the regular folk that know that media are doing their jobs, so they can hold people in power accountable. And and we should mention when, there, part of this wasn't just the radio. They did smash some CTV news broadcasts. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. a big part of the closures as well. That came out after the radio announcement, but yeah, there's news broadcasts across CTV have been gone. W5 right. is gone. That's been an institution for, what, 30, 40 years? Um, right, and, and you see these things, Matt, and when they go away, yes, people lose their jobs, and I think, you know, before I was let go, you could see where the business was going, and I wasn't, like, super shocked that the business was going in a way that I ended up being a part of, of something like that. Um, I think if you work in media now, you are well, well, well aware of the shortcomings of the business and where this is not a thriving industry by, by any stretch. Um, but it's still sad. People work their whole lives. I worked 23 years and when that comes to an end, there's a certain piece of you that leaves because you gave so much to the business. You love the business and you know, at points the business loves you back and at points it doesn't, but um, we all like chose to be in this business. Uh, there, There aren't any people in the business now that didn't, that don't know sort of what the landscape is like and where the, the long-term vision is or isn't, mm-hmm. um, especially in sports media, but obviously in, in news. And um, so I feel, I feel really badly because no matter what people tell you, and when you ask me for, you know, my take on being through it, no matter what people tell you, about where things are going and where it's headed. And you can, you can look elsewhere, be prepared and and all kinds of different avenues to not be a surprise. But when you've given so much to one place and you're no longer there, I don't care what line of work it is. There's a piece of you that goes away. And um, there's a lot of pieces of people today that have gone away or will be going away. I, I particularly love the announcement of, you know, some people were, you know, were notified today and then some people will be notified in the spring. That's, yeah, that's particularly um, encouraging. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Obviously I'm being sarcastic there, but um, when, when this happens, there's, there's a, there's a piece of you that goes away even if you are the most understanding person that, that gets everything that's happening around you and are so self-aware and you know where the business is going and you know, you know, things, things in life change, there's still a piece of you that leaves. And for that, I'm really sorry for all the people that have gone through it, are still going through it, um, that will go through it. Uh, because, yeah, life changes, but you don't get that piece back. Um, and then secondary is what I was started to talk about was 
man, journalism these days is just, I just don't know that we're headed in a direction that we're going to be able to hold the powerful accountable yeah. for what decisions that they make. And that's, that's a scary world for me. Uh, and like, you're, like, I, I, this is such a big part of it, right? Because CTV national news, it, it's a good broadcast. It is. And it does its best to, to, but you need someone in Red Deer at the city council meeting, right? Who's determining what, what's about to happen to your kids, uh, your kids school uh, curriculum, right? You need people in these markets on the ground covering what you want to hear about, right? Global does this right now. CTV Nash or CTV does it or had been doing it mm-hmm. where you have a local broadcast at whatever, five thirty, And then at six o'clock it moves to the national broadcast. And that's the type of combination you need, but you have to have that local component that says this city councilor who was charged with this, here's where that investigation's at this school that they might be closing. Hey, this is what was discussed to, about keeping it open. And as those things dry up, as you stop having those local broadcasts, you start allowing people to get away with a lot of shit because no one's holding their feet to the fire. No one's asking questions. 100%. And I didn't, I'm not coming at this from a point of that's what I did in my job. Um, Sports radio, sports media is a little bit different than than news and life. But but I've been around people, worked in a place where there was not only a news television station, but a news radio station and uh, reporters that worked for all of the radio stations. Um, And and there's so much pride in making sure that you are trying to do right for the people that you are, are serving. You're not a politician, but you're trying to do right by a lot of people. And um, the other thing that, that makes me sad about all of this, and, and hopefully people feel this way about your podcast, um, about other podcasts. Our podcast. Other, yeah, no, no, it's your podcast, and you, you, you're very gracious to allow me to come on uh, now once a week. But the, I'll tell you what, Matt, and, and not to get too deep here on you, but there's a lot of people that when you're in the business for that long, they ask you what your fondest memories are, right? Mm-hmm. And my fondest memories are of the times that I... I always tell people this story. I don't know if I've told you this one. Um, probably because I was bitching and moaning about having to work. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was a time in my life where I was, you know, late 30s, early 40s. And I wasn't really doing all that much. I didn't have a show. I was kind of like, if truth be told, let me pull back the curtain here. I, 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 I think I've told you this before that I was supposed to have gotten the drive show when um, Sean Simpson came along and when Sean Simpson came along and and he was there, I was basically, you know, poked on the shoulder and go, okay, this is, this is your time. You're going to bring this guy along and you guys are going to be great. And as a 2020 guy and a weekend guy, and um, 
and I'm, I mean this in the kindest of regards, but my life was uh, a little bit scattered where I would be doing like my typical weekend would be Thursday night. The Sens would play. I'd be doing at least intermissions and post mm-hmm. um, Friday. I would be doing uh, still probably at that time, 67s hockey on television after working during the day. Saturday, I would do a pregame and postgame for an Ottawa Senators game. Uh, when they mixed in TSN weekend, I'd be on uh, 10 to 1 on Saturday morning, then go and do the pregame and the postgame. And this is not a complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just then I would get home when I was done the postgame, midnight, 1 in the morning, and then I'd be up at 6 to make sure that I was prepared to do TSN weekend Sunday morning from 9 till noon. Right. And then I would die. And then, <laughs> you know, and literally I would hit the couch and hope that my one day off was Monday. And so that I could have somewhat of a, a time away. But it was just like Thursday night, Friday day, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. But I was, I won't say I was wavering, but I was flickering. And I was, I was poked on the shoulder to get this job with the drive. And, um, all of a sudden, at the last minute, that, I got called in. That asshole, Ian Mendez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a terrible um, human being. <laughs> wasn't his fault, but yeah. Uh, they basically were like, yeah, by the way, we just got Ian Mendez, and yeah. he's going to do that instead. And it's like, ah, look, I've, I've been pissed off about a lot of people that have replaced me or done things that I was told that I was going to do. But that one, you're kind of like yeah i get it right um i'm just not as good as that guy that's okay that's no problem um and ian was really good to be able to work in with me cole and joanna saying goodbye okay (laughs) but maybe we'll see you later maybe you'll have another smoke in an hour i'll still be here um (laughs) but at that point you kind of step aside and you go okay so then i was put back on and i remember this weekend specifically the sends were out west and I did a when when they're out like west in, at, uh, in <laughs> Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. You so know, close enough. So, so when they're especially on weekends and they're late games, um, if if it's a ten ten thirty start, um, spoiler alert for anyone who ever stayed up before the analysts like the Brad Smith, the Jamie Baker, the whoever was on before, they don't stay for the post game. Right. Like you do the post game by yourself because it's one thirty in the morning and they think absolutely nobody's listening. So I was doing this game. I did Saturday night was in Vancouver or something. And, you know, you get home at three in the morning and you wake up and you're like, great. What am I doing today? Well, Sunday night, they're in Edmonton, nine o'clock, two terrible teams. <laughs> and I got to do this again by myself. And it's going to be Sunday night. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like it's, you don't really have a life and you're just sort of, I was kind of complaining a little bit about having to do this Ottawa Edmonton game that didn't matter. Right. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden in the afternoon, word started spreading that, um, that Craig Anderson had made his way back to the team after having left the team because his wife, Nicole had cancer. Right. And he was on indefinite, 
leave of absence. Nobody knew anything. And all of a sudden it was like, no, no, he's in Edmonton. And you're like, oh, okay. So even, even so, it's like, well, he's probably not going to start. It's nice that he's back. Oh, my God, he's going to start. Well, he's probably going to get shelled 6-1, right? Great story. Nobody would blame him. Mm-hmm. Hasn't, been, hasn't literally skated in five weeks. Has obviously had bigger life issues to deal with than what's going on. And then it, um, you probably remember he shut them out. Yep. And Cam Talbot, who was the Edmonton goalie at the time, came back out onto the ice and gave him a standing ovation. Um, the times that I miss the most. So I did that post game show by myself, and I think it started about eleven thirty, eleven forty five at night, and at three or three thirty in the morning, I wrapped that up. People wanted to every. Talk. No, but everyone wanted to talk and share their stories about their wife having cancer or them having cancer themselves and what they had to go through. And it became this life discussion about connecting. People took something from a sporting event and connected it to their life. And it was, we had life discussions about people, what, the the patient would go through what the the loved one would have to go through and some of the horrible things that would go on and everyone was incredible to share their stories that's the part of of why these stations exist and when these stations are sold or dissolved or yeah those are the those are the points that you can't like everyone who listened or participated that night will always remember that. And I will always remember it. And it connected people. And look, I know the, you know, since I haven't been in the playoffs since 2017, but I did all those post game shows in 2017. And you know what, when they were, when Clark MacArthur came back from cancer and scored the game winning goal in overtime concussion. to beat concussion, sorry. Yeah. To beat to beat Boston. Yeah. And then in the second round, Pajot goes crazy and they beat the Rangers and now they're playing Pittsburgh and Come you within know, a heartbeat of getting there. Right. Yeah. But people were calling in from the jungles of Africa. People were calling in from the lonely teaching English in Japan and not having a friend in the world. And the only thing that connected them back at home is the hockey team and the post game shows and the shows doing well, mediums like this connect people. And when you take that away, you're taking away a lot of what people, people love sports because it's a distraction, but they also love sports because they know other people love sports and they want to hear what, what you have to say and I have to say, and then they want to tell you what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's a discussion and you connect people and there's just so much of this that is not going to connect people anymore. Well, and let me let me shrink it down even further. Like I go home, I visit my parents all the time back in the Kawarthas, right? We're in Bob Cage and we're in Lindsay, we're whatever. And look, I don't particularly enjoy my mom's country music radio station, and I have no idea if it's even under the same banner or, you know, been affected today, but but you wake up and in the morning show 
they're reading out the birthdays, right? Like, or here's what the grade nine hockey team did at provincials last night or little things like that, that are they super news newsworthy? No. Do they connect you as a community? Do those things mean something to those communities? They absolutely do. They call in mm-hmm. because they want to shout out their friend who's having their 13-year-old uh, birthday party or the graduating class of this and that or the volleyball team. Or Look, I don't know how you uh, put a price on it like in terms of working that into a, a business model in a changing media landscape, but those things absolutely matter. So what you're talking about in these post games and having these conversations, and these connections, they happen across the board, right? The pop music station in, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea, in Sault Ste. Marie or, you know, little towns across Canada. This stuff matters and you're not getting it back. I, there are those of us out here trying very hard to create an enjoyable podcast, but it's not going to speak to every town in Canada, right? It's not going to no. have those little community moments. It's not. It, and those things are going to be really hard to get back once we lose them. I don't and, know and if you'll ever. Them. Yeah, and I don't know if you'll ever get them back. And that's the really sad part about it, right? And, you know, the fact that you're going to and, and have lost all of those things. And, look, I, I'm going to say this as not a – as impartially as I can. Um, There are only a couple of major media outlets in this country, right? Like that, that, that run things. Um, We live in a world where our media for the most part is private. And Mm-hmm. We're seeing down in we're seeing down in the states. We're seeing it up here to a lesser extent. But when you run a private company, the only thing that matters is profit and what your shareholders mm-hmm. are making. And it doesn't matter. I'm not even faulting. Like a lot of people want to to crap on the fact that um, in particular, the company that you're talking about, I won't name them, but the company that you, you, you were talking about has a day that talks about mental health. Um, in, in theory, that day is a very good day because it raises a lot of money and it raises some awareness. And I get the idea behind it. But when things like this inevitably come, it's very hard to to separate the two. And I'd ask people actually to to not crap on um, companies that want to do initiatives and then un- have to understand the bottom line as well, because those are two very like, yeah, I, I, you, you have, I push you back have to, on this a lot, man. I, I And I don't publicly because I get it, right? Because it always seems to happen right after Let's Talk Day. Mm-hmm. And I get the natural inclination to want to draw a line from one to the other. We don't know when Bell's fiscal year ends. We don't know, like, does it look awful? Of course it does. But anytime you are getting rid of 4,800 employees, it's going to look terrible. 
Every Correct. major company in the world does charitable things on one side to help cover up with brutal shit they're doing on the other side. So, Correct. I, yeah, I understand the the desire fans have or the listeners have or whatever to want to draw a line from one to the other. And go, well, you don't mean this because this and this. I, I get it, but I'm not sure they're as connected. As, no, and, and people want to say like, oh, they do it just before that day or they do it just after that day. And when when cuts come in November, they're like, well, they're doing it. Um, like, look at these people that that make cuts before Christmas, and then oh, look at these people that make cuts after Christmas or right. before Let's Talk Day, but after Let's Talk Day. Well, look, look, there, there's no right time. I was like, oh, in June, right? Like, there's no right time, no, for this to happen. And I don't care when that day falls. It's it's always going to be around something. My point, I think where people should be looking is the fact of if you're upset about this, which I am, and I think a lot of people should, should be about not only good people losing their jobs, but the really the dissolving of, of journalism and where it's going in the future. Um, if you want to look to something, don't look to the charitable things that actually do make a difference to some people. It might not make a difference to you, but it does make a difference to to some people in this country. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. Yep. like it's it's not it doesn't negatively impact you. Right. It might not positively impact you, but right. it doesn't negatively impact you. And you know what? It does positively impact others. Right. So you can not like it. That's yep. fine. I'm not telling you how to think, but it, it does positively affect some people. And if you don't like it, that's really the worst that happens to people that you just don't like it. Yeah. And other, other people don't like it. It's causing you no harm. Other, to be to be, yeah. to be able to do this, but but I want to get this out. Um, where where I do want people to maybe point a little bit harder is the heads of companies, the presidents of companies, the people who run things. I understand is a very very um, demanding, difficult job to run media enterprises and to keep board of directors and shareholders happy. Not an easy job. But if you want to point to people that you should be mad at, point to the people of what their paychecks look like and how much money they make in a private company where those underneath them, it would take you know, 20,000 people to make up the same mm -hmm. money that one person would make at the top. That's where you should be looking if you're angry about this. Don't look to charitable things that, that they do that, you know, probably don't impact you, but do impact others. That's all I would say. I'd look to the very top and look how much money people are making by running businesses in private businesses. And then you have to understand that if you opened a private business, your first, second, third objective would be to make money. And if you are not making money, you're going to do something about it. That is all private business. I think it sucks that private business has taken over media. And now 
when only a couple conglomerations own everything and they're losing money, guess what? These days are going to happen a lot. Well, you got a couple of people across the country making $13 million a year to run these countries or to run these companies poorly. And we just saw 4,800 people making closer to 24 grand pay the price for it. So yeah, well, yeah. And you should be angry about that. Yeah. You should be angry about that. And the other thing I would tack on to the end of this would be, because I know that this is kind of a thorny subject, but the idea of in this country, the public broadcaster, and there are people no matter which government is in power right now, it's been the liberals. So a lot of conservatives will tell you just carrying water for Justin. And as soon as someone else is in power, the opposite will happen where we, Oh, look, see funded by the conservatives. Now they're only, it's almost never that cut and dried. They're giving you a broadcast. They are giving you the facts. If you feel like it's a little slanted in one direction or the other, I think that's fair, but you're getting a reasonable broadcast. And this is why this is why that's important. You're not going to have some multi-billion dollar national company snap their fingers and take it away from you in the blink of an eye and just have it yep. be gone tomorrow. So is the CBC perfect? It is not. But it is so important right now that as a public trust, we maintain something that resembles news, journalism, telling you what is happening in the world around you that is not controlled by... You know, sometimes companies based in other countries in some cases, right? Like you, this is important right now. And I, the last thing I want to hit you with on this subject lever, mm-hmm. and it, it, I want to sort of speak to our listeners as well, because this got a little thorny and it has in the past. Look, early on in the earlier days of this podcast, we commented quite a bit on the sports media landscape. I'm a bit of a nerd for that stuff. That's half the reason I got to know you and every other guest who's been in here, right? Is, is wanting to hear your backstories and your journeys and what you think of the industry. But as I got to know some of you guys, it stopped being fun to comment on it when things were going poorly, right? Like you become right. friends yeah. with people. You become, So I think back to June when the last big cuts happened that did impact the local station here, TSN 1200. And... I tweeted out after the Edmonton station closed and there was another one that day uh, that they had gone off the air completely. 1200 had gone to ESPN uh, syndicated broadcast. So that suggested to me there was change coming, but the station wasn't dead like some of its uh, you know, sister stations. And right. I started getting at that point, a lot of questions, a lot of DMS. What are you hearing? And at some point I had to reply because someone had said, uh, Sean Simpson had tweeted out that he had been let go. And mm-hmm. I had already been in touch with one or two people at the station and I'd heard what was happening. And, and, and you included at that point had texted me back mm-hmm. and, and said what had happened. Mm-hmm. And so that was nice to me. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, yeah. <laughs> other people were replying and sending me DMs and, and I, and said, is Sean Simpson the only one? And I replied and I said, there are more. And I said, I'm not trying to sound like a cryptic asshole, but I, I'm, I've become friends with a lot of these people. And now it feels yeah. shitty to be out here reporting on, yeah, no lever's gone or what? Like, I don't want to do it. I, I'm not, that's not. And so you know, that's an uncomfortable thing when a lot of our listeners know that that's a part of the business that I am interested in. And so last night, uh, as we sit here, so that would have been Wednesday night, 
Jonah, who runs an account yep. called YYZ Sports Media for people who aren't comments big time on. Know, uh, him, know him very well. Yeah, but uh, for listeners who may not, the guy, he's comments quite a bit on Canadian sports media. And he tweets out, the it looks like tomorrow could be another very bad day at Bell Media, hearing up to 50 radio stations could be um, could be impacted. And I immediately start getting DMs. What do you know? What do you hear? What do you like? And at that time, I legitimately, I know nothing. I, I've seen that tweet too, uh, but that's it. That's all I know. And I just sort of put it out last night that that's sort of where this is going to stay for me because I was scared for my friends as to mm-hmm. what was going to happen the next day. I'm curious, having just been through this a year ago or less than that, do you, because I didn't text anybody. I, I just mm-hmm. let it be. I assumed if they wanted to, they'd have seen that tweet. Maybe they didn't. But if the night before your news broke and that you were going to be let go, you had seen a tweet like that, or people you know would have started sending you that tweet and saying, hey, yes. what do you think? What do you know? Is that helpful? Not helpful, but like, is that does that allow you to prepare for what's about to happen the next day? Or does that just ruin your fucking night and go, oh my God, I have no idea what tomorrow's going to look like? Well, it doesn't help if that's what you're asking. No, of course not. <laughs> um, um, but I think you learn in this business that first of all, these things come out of nowhere and you don't get a lot of heads up as to um, when they're coming. And it's this weird, weird feeling of working, knowing that it's possible that your literally your number is coming up next and it could be tomorrow. And you don't go into work every day like that, but there are some days where, you know, you start to hear things and you wonder how long it's going to be. And if you, if you heard that, you'd wonder if you're, if you're, ping pong ball was going to be up next. But I had been through so many of them, which is, is really shitty. Um, When your ping pong ball doesn't come up, but a lot of people that you work with that, you know, were good workers, their ping pong ball did go up. Yeah. Um, Like, I'll be honest with you, Lee, like if it's me, and these are my friends. These are people with good intentions who start sending me this tweet and go, man, are you okay? Man, have you seen this? There's a, I know myself. I'm going to be, fuck, yes, I've obviously seen it. Leave me the hell alone, right? Like, I'm not going to take it well that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm, that's my personality, though. Is it, would that have been yours? Um, I, I don't know if it would be that strong because... I wouldn't I've have sworn to, at them, but I wouldn't have answered them. I'd be annoyed that they're, I'm getting this many of them. That is sort of what I'm saying. <laughs> like I, yeah, well, I'm annoyed I get texts every day. Like, uh, there, anytime I text that, him, he's like, all right. No, but there's two or three texts that come in, not always yours, but some, sometimes yours, but not always, um, that, that come in that you're like, okay, what are you doing here? Like, I'm not answering you. Yeah. But, um, now I did but send also, Tuesday night or Wednesday nights to you, just thinking you would have an interest and maybe hadn't seen over in Portugal. But I knew it wouldn't be you impacted this time, so yes, that's, that was that, sort of the, del- nice. the line I drew between. <laughs> remember, okay. remember this? This was you. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And if you had done it June thirteenth, yeah, um, yeah, 
I might have been. But look, we all know in the business and you know that it's possible. And I think when you especially if you've been in the business and you've watched people walk out the door and you wonder why you're still there and they're not, mm-hmm. um, you'll understand that your time is coming at some point. And you already knew that your time was coming at some point. So you don't need a whole bunch of people pointing out that tomorrow might be your time. Yeah. Um, because your time might be coming up. Right. Um, but as we talked about before, the way this business has gone, uh, you know that your time's coming at some point soon anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't be like, I just got to a point where I wouldn't be mad if you texted me or other people texted me, I'd just be like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess tomorrow will be interesting. And I've actually gone through that probably four or five times where I walked in going, this is, this will be interesting. And then, but we're always the last people to hear. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I want to make clear when, when this stuff gets bandied well, about, there's a reporter out there ban- speculating on it the night before any of the employees know that's fucked up. Like, yeah. So, okay. So let put yourself in YYZ and Jonah's point of view. And I don't necessarily love that he does this, but put yourself in his shoes where. I'm not necessarily blaming he, him. I'm blaming no, whoever let he, it get to him. Yeah. But so some of it is coming from the companies that want to soften the blow. That I guess want, so that don't want it to be so shock and awe that, and when you get told by multiple sources, who do you think those multiple sources are? Yep. Because I can tell you they're none of the employees, none of them. Nope. So because the employees don't know, nobody knows I have had, I've literally been on the air. I did a show with Glenn Kolka. Nice. And we were told at the end of the show to come in and just, oh, like the boss wants to see after the show for a second. And I literally, Matt, it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like, I never thought twice about it. And Glenn's like, I really got to get going. Um, So I'm just going to go in. And I'm like, I just got to like finish up I wasn't podcasting at that time because it was, but I got to finish up some editing. Yeah. Like I, I literally got to go to the bathroom. I might be five minutes or 10 minutes. Right. And he's like, do you mind if I just go? And he went in and got let go and was gone out of the building before I had taken a, a pee. And I went in and they're like, yeah, we've just let Glenn go, but we're going to keep you. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, I'd have almost been relieved to have not been in the room at the same time at that point. Right. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, of course. I, the employees are always, always, always the last to know. So who is leaking the information? Who is doing that? Do you think that if Jonah or anybody else has multiple credible sources, where do you think those sources are coming right. from? Right. And look... Jonah isn't an asshole either. If he's not sure, no. if he's sketchy, if he's not convinced it's only one source or whatever, he's not tweeting that out and putting the fear of God no. into 4,800 employees. He because has he it. does that once. If he does that once and he's wrong, that guy is like... It's done. It's over. Slave. Yeah. It's over. And so 
he has it down. He knows this is coming. Oh, this is legit. It's for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's for sure. So if it's for sure, who do you think is leaking? That? No, I, I get it. He's talking to somebody so, very high up the chain. So why at that point, like, what do you do? Let's just say that we're you. You are Jonah. And you get it from way up the chain. Yeah. It's because probably the answer is one of two things. Either I do it and I keep my relationship with these higher ups. Mm -hmm. And if the higher ups who are leaking the information to soften the blower for whatever reason that they're doing it. If I don't do this now, all of those sources are gone. And do I have a sports media business where they're, they're actually coming to me with this information and it's true information. It's not like, it's gossip. It's right. it's actual information. But what do you do if you're him? He's not the jerk in this. No, he's not. It, it, it's like, I wouldn't want to read it if that were me. But there's also other businesses that have other people that write about them all oh, the time. Because what do you and I so, sit here and do every day? Are we going to trade Tarasenko next week? Like, it's it's ugly, but this is a guy who comments on the media business, and we're people who comment on the sports business. Like there, there are there are commentators in every industry, right? And so, yeah. so I don't. The only people, again, if you want to be angry, be angry with the people at the very top that their salaries are twenty thousand employees at a time of the people who are actually doing the grunt work. Right. Those are the people that you need to be angry with. Cause those are the people too, that if you think that got to Jonah by leaked information, that the top people in any company didn't know that that information was leaking. You are wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's an ugly topic, man. And look, I, I, I've done more than a few of these where we don't get to a whole lot of sports stuff. Sometimes the topic of the day is the topic of the yeah. day, but I, I, I will leave the door open to you. I don't know as we sit here right now if there's anything you want to comment on or if you want to wrap it up here. It's uh, it's your call. Uh, I, yeah, no, I'll I'll just say a couple of things here quickly. Yeah. Um, number one, I personally am not letting Taylor Swift ruin the Super Bowl. I'm I'm going to have to find a place <laughs> here in Portugal now. Understand the game. The local cheesery. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I've been asking around. Yeah. And even when I was in the Algarve in Portugal, and there were like a lot of Canadians and Brits, um, understand that the game starts at 1130 on a Sunday night. Right. Um, in Portugal. And Europe closes and, earlier than we do. And if you think European sports bars that cover soccer and right. everything else that don't give one rat's ass about American football... <laughs> are going to stay open until 3 a.m. for you? Um, I don't know. So it's going to be a little – I'll probably have to stream it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and catch it kind of wherever I happen to be. Um, but I will tell you that I think it's a fascinating game, and I hate to say it, but I just don't think that there's a way that the San Francisco 49ers are going to lose the Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, I just think they have too much in too many areas. And I know Kansas City, we talked about. I I was just going to ask you, how does this differ, right? Because we talked about uh, Chiefs, Ravens. 
Show me, right? Get it done versus the guys who always find a way to get it done. I'm curious why you're kind of, I don't want to say hedging or switching or whatever. That's too strong. But why why is this different? No, no. Why is this? Why is this different? Yeah, it's different because with the Baltimore Ravens, as their defense and Lamar Jackson go, so do the Ravens, Mm -hmm. and that is not how the San Francisco 49ers work. Um, if you're going to make me talk about how great they are and what a great team they are for this long, um, I'm really going to be angry at you. But they're probably I can live with that. the most complete team where when you look back over and, – and people talk about all the great defensive teams. Like the, when, when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl and he sucked – with Denver or like Trent Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl with Baltimore, but their defense was just so great. Mm -hmm. Like, like Jeff Hostetler won the freaking Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. By the way, Buffalo Bills fans, Jeff freaking Hostetler beat you. Um, (laughs) Just to point that out. Uh, I think they know. Yeah, they do. Uh, (laughs) They do. But the difference is here. I think it says that on the welcome to Buffalo sign driving into town. Welcome to Buffalo. Jeff Hutt-Statler beat us. It says wide right, wide right, (laughs) wide right. It does say that. I've been to the Buffalo, and I know it says that. Wide right. (laughs) Uh, But uh, the whole point here is that I don't know that I've ever watched a team consistently over the last couple of years that really doesn't need their quarterback to be the guy. They are so freaking talented on their offensive line, on their defensive line, at the, the running back, at wide receiver. At It doesn't matter what position. They needed somebody to come in there. And I mean this in the most positive way because the guy's proved me wrong and the guy has lived up to anything. He had three bad games in the middle of the season and he literally quickly corrected all Brock Purdy has to do is not screw this up and get the ball into the hands of people that are going to make plays. But he has time to do that because he's got the best offensive line and the best defensive line when they're out there. And all he's got to do is put the ball in McCaffrey's hands and like make sure that you know one of seven people just get the ball with a little bit of space. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot of pressure, but. And, and Patrick Mahomes has been there before. But when you're going quarterback versus quarterback, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes all day. Sure. But a couple of years ago, Patrick Mahomes lost the Super Bowl with Kansas City. Do you remember that when he ran for 498 yards behind the line of scrimmage? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, it's his one loss so, in the so, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So if I told you that a quarterback ran for 498 yards, unfortunately it was all behind the line of scrimmage running for running for his life. Would it matter to you who the quarterback on the other side was? If I told you the quarterback on the other side, I'm just going to, he's going to remain nameless. He's going to just sit there, but he's not going to screw it up. (laughs) Jeff Hofstetler. Exactly. He's just not going to screw it up. Yep. And he's, and he's going to the let classic the rest game of his, manager. And there's nothing wrong with a quarterback who, who's got so much talent around right. him being a really good game manager. I don't even think it's a 
derogatory it's comment. Not. People want to people want to crap on Trent Dilfer and all that. Like if you were Trent Dilfer and your defense was giving up seven points a game and scoring eight points a game, you'd probably go out there and go, "All I got to do is not throw an interception, and fumble, and I'm probably going to win." This like, is it. Like it, it, it's no different than any other capped, like salary capped league. Not you're not going to have a perfect team. So if you are stacked at everywhere but quarterback and just have a guy who can just move it along, right? Little. No, it's hard to not make mistakes. Yeah, of course it's it is. Hard, but, it's but it's I'm not, really hard. But I'm not asking that. you to keep making high-risk plays either, right? right? Like it, It's exactly. just the way we set this up. I have an all-star quarterback, but he's behind kind of a questionable line, and he's really only got one receiver, and maybe they'll make it work. Or whatever. Whereas I have a stacked team and just a guy, just a competent guy who can go out and make some plays, yeah. and we'll, we'll kind of... You know, and I don't, I don't see Kansas City as that team. I see Kansas City as a, a veteran team sure. that's been there before, no, no, yeah. with their with their coach and their quarterback. But when you go like offensive line, running back, defensive line, linebacker, they are nowhere near what San Francisco is. They have a better quarterback for sure. They don't but have Taylor. Anyway, it's it's. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm giving San Francisco too much credit, but I actually think that they're they're primed and ready to. Um, they've had a couple of close calls as well. They've had two opponents. They've they faced some exactly, yeah. yeah, like they had two opponents in Green Bay and Detroit. You're like, all right, did they win those by eighty? And now they're in the Super Bowl. Like, no, they got pressed they got both pushed. times. Week. When you think back Very. to Christmas, right? Like it looked like maybe things were going to fall apart there, and they yeah. got it, but turned back around. Like they've been through yeah. some things here. No, no, they've been through a ton of adversity, and they've come through the other side. And I just think they're ready. So I, I really like San Francisco. In so you game. like Scott MacArthur's uh, San no, Francisco? No, 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 I don't like Scott MacArthur. <laughs> I like the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> this weekend with my head because I'm a smart, intelligent sports personality right. that understands that I can differentiate between Scott MacArthur okay. and the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> it's difficult, but I'm able somehow, I guess a couple of hours on the beach every day is able to kind of relax my mind. Sure. And, yeah, that'll do um, it. Be able to do that. So I like San Francisco. And the other thing I'm going to say to you mm-hmm. um wrestling fan and i know that you or you care but but a lot of people don't and i don't care that you don't care because this is this is important um i'm telling you right now and i'm telling you right now if so i think at wrestlemania cody Rhodes' hand is being raised as your new world's heavyweight champion and I'm telling you that after he stepped aside last wait, week. Wait, 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 wait. The new world heavyweight champion? No, the new, the new WWE undisputed. WWE undisputed, okay. whatever it is. Okay, well, these Cody are important Rhodes, distinctions. Yeah, no, it is. Cody Rhodes is going off the air Sunday night in the main event with his hand in the air and a belt in his hands. And if that doesn't happen, I can tell you this company will have pissed me off more than it maybe ever has. And I know Vince is going through like uh, as he's just being outed as a horrible human being, allegedly. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> just sneering. That that, all, all, all of that stuff is, 
all I can think about is the victims and the horrible things yeah, that you're people, talking about is an like, on screen story being uh, told. Yes, yes. But if, if I'm telling you right now, Matt, I'm like, I'm getting worked up I can and tell. I don't want to get, I don't want to get worked up in a hotel and God knows where I'm staying up till midnight be, for the press conference. Because, because Cole and Joanna who came by earlier, they're going to be mad at me if I'm yelling here in the hotel. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, if they go with The Rock and Roman in the main event, first of all, they're wrong. Second of all, The Rock doesn't get it. So The Rock is on the board of directors. The Rock has to be part of this TKO company that turns around one of the biggest stains and scandals and most horrible human being in professional wrestling history because of what Vince McMahon did to create the company. Mm-hmm. And he's got to turn it around and go the other way. If he thinks that's with him on top, that guy's got another thing coming. Well, so let me ask you a question. I want to briefly, because we're not going to spend all night on this now, but no. I, for the sake of the listener who doesn't closely follow professional wrestling, The Rock has come back. Biggest name one of the biggest names in company history but has now gone off obviously become a huge movie star you know in theory you would love to have that guy come back at any time and headline a wrestlemania but you've spent two years telling a story where cody rhodes is the guy who at wrestlemania this year is supposed to beat your long-standing champion and finish his story so the rock comes back into the company as as lee just said not just as an on-screen character, but as part of the TKO board of directors. By all accounts, that deal is signed on January 3rd. He's back into the company. So if you know then that you're going to do Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania, Roman being that long-standing champion, then you have Cody Rhodes go out and win the Royal Rumble, which guarantees you a championship match at WrestleMania. There's something yet to come, right? Like they, If they knew Rock was in, and you still did the Cody thing, there's more yeah. to this, right? And you could see so, it on so Raw. I agree with that. You can see it I on agree. Raw. They started leaning in. Here's the signs, right? Oh, the controversy of everybody saying, we want Cody. There's something else to come. A story well, yet would, to be yeah. told. But so this is why wrestling you. fans, I, I'm going to hand it back. But just so res- or non-wrestling fans understand, wrestling fans are furious that yeah, we would love for The Rock to be back as a part of this story or, or a part of the show, but he's not here all the time. This is the guy we've been cheering for for two years. You can't take his moment. You're pushing him down, and that's what's got wrestling fans all upset right now. So there is more so to I'm this not, story. Yeah. I'm not all upset because I no, consider no. myself a smart mark mm-hmm. or a really dumb mark. Okay. Um, Interchangeable. Those are the same things. A lot of the time. If if you're a smart mark, you're either really smart or really dumb. Um, So what you just said is true. Second, and there's just so many parts to this that make it so that Cody Rhodes is going to go off the air at WrestleMania as the champion. And the one stumbling block, man, the one stumbling block last Friday, Cody says, I'm coming for you, but not at WrestleMania. And that's the part. That's the part that makes me go. Ah, like that doesn't fit with the narrative I'm trying to, I guess, I guess you got to sell it. And so number one, as you said, if you wanted to, so the Royal rumble 
and for people who don't know, the Royal Rumble is a big event. They, it's like a big battle royal. It just happened. And the winner gets a shot at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's a very, very prestigious event. It's probably their second biggest event of the year behind WrestleMania. Right. If you want to take that event and make it mean nothing because Cody simply stepped aside after winning, right. you are, you've now demeaned your product. And I, w- I won't look at that the same well and the the wrestlemania main event is the exact same thing roman has been your champion for years now three four years whatever it's been and as a wrestling fan whoever beats roman that has to mean something that's a huge you've built this champion up as this unbeatable guy for three years someone's gonna beat him it needs to be someone in your company who who gets to take all that oh my god he finally did it the rock comes in hasn't wrestled since 2013 2014 whatever it is 2013 he beats roman he's not sticking around he's not going to be the long-term champ and so what did you spend three years building up that champion for well and the rock's never the rock's never beating roman if if it is the rock and roman in that main event rock is losing no i think Um, you're right so i think you're right so and and the one argument i keep hearing is that hulk hogan holds the all-time like more than Bruno San Martino holds all time, but Hulk Hogan's the guy that everybody knows as like this, you know, that he was wrestling and he'll always be that guy. But Roman Reigns can pass Hulk Hogan's record of champion in September. And there's this theory that they, WWE wants Roman to get to that point so that they can start putting him ahead of the Hulk Hogan's of the world to say that this is the guy. Um, I don't. I actually believe that some people in that company do think that way. Right. But there's also a new board of directors and a new vision and a new. And what people like to do is put their stamp on it. Number one, you have to have the rock involved. And I want to leave you with this. Okay. After after that happened, and the rock took Cody's spot, and Cody stepped aside. All of a sudden, as you mentioned, now on social media, we're getting the the we want Cody hashtag, the we want Rocky hashtag. Rock's being booed at events. Mm-hmm. Um, the the video package is being booed. But I will ask you, who do you think, other than The Rock, who do you think in that company has the most influence on social media of anybody? I'll answer it for you. Okay. Paul Haney. Because I don't. How about Logan Paul? See, and I was going to ask you the same thing. Not from the same frame, but you have people in the company. You're right. It is Logan Paul, as much of a douche as I think those both those brothers are. Well, I, I agree. But, but they Logan have Paul's huge wrestler, followings but, online. Okay, massive followings. followings massive. So the next day, Logan Paul tweeted, hashtag, we want Cody. And You're you, telling me that, he that did, some he guy. absolutely had permission to do that. You think some guy that's got the most social media followers of anybody in that company, yep. what, whatever you yep. think of him, yep. he's a megastar. And that guy the next day ha- hashtagged we want Cody because, oh, he did that by himself? Well, especially You're like if you want to say in storyline even, Logan Paul's a, a heel, right? And, and Cody's a face. So in theory, there's no reason for him to do it. But if you wanted it to look legit, that would be the guy you'd have put a, and and other wrestlers did do similar things like frowny sure. face emojis and this and that. Oh, they're not yeah. they're not doing no I know but they're not doing that without permission from the Correct. company. The company is Correct. leaning into this controversy. They they wanted you to think this so that when 
somehow this works out that The Rock faces Roman Reigns on the Saturday night and Cody Rhodes finds a way to get in there where The Rock ends up losing to Roman Reigns on Saturday and helps Cody win. And Cody not only wins the title, but gets The Rock's endorsement, the the rub, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Now you've you've launched Cody after finishing his story into this megastar because he's standing beside the rock. He, he shook the rock's hands and let the rock step aside. He did the rock a favor. And now after the rock goes and loses, the rock's going to go and do him a favor. And now you've got this megastar. So I just want you to know (laughs) that they ain't fooling me. Okay. They ain't fooling me. Leavers. And Cody Rhodes is going off the, the smart. Yeah. I, unless I'm the really dumb, dumb and well, the, rock the, and, but if, that's but the part if, right if, here, right? Like this is fun. I don't know where they're going, and I like that. That I, I yeah, think this this is either there is match. only there is only one of two ways that this has gone right now. They have worked us brilliantly in one of the most like in and out of on screen on the internet, whatever. They have told this and done this brilliantly or they have stumbled and made an awful mistake and are now trying to recover as quickly as possible. There's only Correct. one of two possibilities. And in wrestling, you can you can stumble and make it look brilliant, or you can be brilliant and you can stumble. Still like fuck it, it, it up, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matt, I appreciate you having me, and next week I'll be still in Portugal, but I am coming home in a few weeks. So are we going to try and do this north hold- of Lisbon next week once more? Or oh. yeah. Yes, of course we are. Okay, and then uh, and are. then I and then we're gonna try. We think that following week, back I, in hopefully. studio. Don't don't don't. No, no, no. Yeah, we're we'll gonna see. try it. We're gonna try. We'll see. We'll see how. It, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, that's where we'll wrap this one up. If any of you are still here after Lee and I debated the uh, the wrestling thing, yes. <laughs> you hey, you left the floor open. And I absolutely did, I, and uh, I, I had a feeling. Advantage. I had a feeling we would hit that today. So uh, that's where we'll wrap this one up. Lever man, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your travels. Try and hunker down from the hurricane there in uh, in in whatever part of Portugal. It's like in, it, it, it's like Florida, right? Okay. It's like it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But when it rains, it really rains. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't afternoon. just trickle. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, my God, there's a hurricane. Oh, the sun's out. Uh, <laughs> right now, there's for a couple of days, it's it's pretty rainy here. But, you know, I've been super lucky with the weather. So can't uh, can't imagine spending a, a Thursday night better than sitting up in a lobby talking to you. Yes, buddy. That's where we'll wrap <laughs> this one up. Uh, thank you so much for making the time, as always, buddy. And, uh, and we'll do it again uh, one last time from Europe next week. Uh, for Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. If you missed it earlier in the week, our buddy Joshua O'Connor was in here talking about what's coming up on uh, some some behind the scenes footage around the Red Blacks. Uh, actually, a lot more music talk than we. That was one of the more fun shows I've done in a while, and it's because it went completely off the rails early on. So, nice. uh, yeah, nice. if you haven't had a chance to check that one out, it is on the feed right now, or visit talkinaudio.com. Uh, for Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you Monday. To the kitchen for myself A cup of ambition Short and stretching Try to come to life Jump in the shower The blood start pumping Out on the streets The traffic start jumping